0: hey everybody welcome to another week of the scriptures revealed podcast and we are excited about what god is going to do in season two we made it through season one and walked through over half of the book of Ephesians. And don't worry, I am going to complete that series, but it's going to be in book form and you're not going to want to miss it. But this season, we are dealing with a new topic called the Apostles' Doctrine. And last week, Uh, We started that series and we're going to continue it this week. I am so excited about it. I want to welcome everybody in for joining. Thank you guys for being a part of the SR family. Thank you guys for sharing this, for being blessed by it. What blesses me the most is that you guys are experiencing mind transformation and soul salvation as a result of these podcasts because uh the apostle James wrote a body of believers and said I want you guys to receive the word with meekness because when you do it has the power to save your souls and that apostle wasn't talking to unbelievers he was talking to believers he was talking to people who were already a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and he said there is another degree, another dimension, another level of salvation that you can experience. Yes, when you, got, when you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you received him as Savior. You received salvation in your spirit, man, and it was totally rebirth. Now, as you work out your salvation, you are receiving the engrafted word of God, and the more you receive the word, the more your soul will transform exactly how your spirit man was transformed. Your spirit man is brand new, created in the very image of God. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What was Paul talking about? He was talking about your spirit man, but how do you bring that newness into your soul, into your mind, your will, and your emotions? You receive the Word of God and you receive it in your soul like a seed and you allow it to germinate and you will cultivate it and you water it and when it springs forth what what comes up out of the ground is soul transformation is a brand new soul so no you don't have to be a captive of your personality the Word can change you you don't have to be a captive of imbalanced emotions because the Word of God can change you you don't have to be a captive of a will that's unsubmitted because the Word of God can change you. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you've done. The power of the Word of God is the power to make you a brand new person. So I am excited about that. So last week we started with the Apostles Doctrine and I was talking to you guys about how in the book of Acts As the church began to be established and grow, the Bible says how they grew and how they began to build one another was that they did communion and they fellowshiped and they became devoted. They they devoted themselves or they came to resolve about the apostles' doctrine, about what they were teaching. They became rooted and grounded in it. And last week, uh, we discovered one of those uh, doctrines or one of those mysteries because we go over to the book of 1 Corinthians and you find out that one of the jobs of the apostle then and now, one of the jobs of of an apostle is to steward, is to manage the mysteries of God. They are managers of the mysteries of God in the earth. And so as a result of that, when you look at the apostles' doctrine, you've got to look at the mysteries that they were called to steward. And when you go through the entire New Testament, you're going to find that there is a total of 9 mysteries in the New Testament that the apostles were called to steward. And so in this season, we're going to walk through every one of those mysteries, give crack it open a little bit. Of course, you can do exhaustive study on these things. I mean, you can write a whole dissertation on all of them, but we're going to begin to crack them open so that you can begin to understand how did the Christians in the early church become so strong become so resolved that no matter the persecution, no matter the warfare, no matter how hard it was, they were rooted and grounded in the Word of God in such a way that they could not be moved. And so that is what we are doing. So last week we dealt with the mystery of the will of God. And if you missed that episode, please go back and listen to it. It is going to bless your life. Now today we're going to deal with something that I am thoroughly excited about, is we're going to deal with the second mystery that the apostles manage or steward in the body of Christ, and it is the mystery of God, the mystery of God. Now, you're going to be probably surprised at what that mystery is and how it unfolds, but it is going to bless you. Okay, uh, let's go over to the book of Revelation. I know that's a book we like to stay out of, but it is amazing. Amazing. The reason why a lot of people stay out of the book of Revelation is because they think it's about being end times. <laughs> and they think it's about doom and gloom. But the first verse of the book says this book is about the revelation of Jesus Christ. <laughs> you should look at it. Revelation 1.1 says the revelation of Jesus Christ to his servant, John. Oh, man. Well, you'll get that later. So go to Revelation chapter 10. And let's see. We're going to start with... Um, verse four, and it says, and when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. Then the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it. There will be no more delay. Let's stop right there. Just a a sidebar. Notice here that it said God is the one who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it. And remember last week we talked about the apostles' doctrine is the apostles' military strategies, the apostles' uh, military regulations and disciplines. Interestingly enough, when you look at a military, It's going to bless you. When you look at the military, there are degrees of armed forces. You got military and armed forces that fight on land. You got armed forces that fight in the air. And you have armed forces that fight at sea. And notice here that as we are beginning to uncover the apostles' military regulations, notice he acknowledges God here as the God who is in heaven and what is in it. That's the air. The earth and what is in it. That's the land. And the sea and what is in it, that's on the water. So we're talking about a military God. I just love that I bless you. We're talking about a military God. There will be no more delay. Verse 7. But in the days when the seventh angel is to blow his trumpet, the mystery of God will be fulfilled as he announced to his servants the prophets. Interestingly enough, we have here. In the book of Revelation, I want you to put a pen here. I'm going to take you on a journey and then I'm going to end you up in Revelation 11 to bring it all together. But here we have an angel is blowing a trumpet in heaven. And the angel declares to John, when this trumpet blows, the mystery of God is going to be fulfilled. What is the mystery of God? Now, in order to understand that, we've got to go all the way back to the Old Testament because the Bible says that he announced it to his servants the prophets. What was it about God that was mysterious, that was, had some level of mystique to it, that even the prophets declared it and prophesied it and announced it? Now, this thing is about to be fulfilled. We've got to go all the way back to the book of Genesis. And when you go back there, you're going to see God imposing himself upon an earth that that seems to be without form, that seems to be void, that seems to be useless. But we see God imposing himself on that earth and creating light and releasing it. Even if you travel through the story of the book of creation, you're going to notice something very, 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 very interesting is that as you go through creation, you're going to see that the way God creates, pay attention to this, is that the way we see God creating is that God is not uh, bringing it into existence out of nothing, what he's doing is he's bringing it into existence out of himself. <laughs> he's bringing it into existence out of himself. We see God confirming that in the gospel of John that says in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and nothing came in existence except by the word. So everything finds its origin in the word and we know that the word is God. So everything finds their origin in God. And so what God did was he stepped out on nothing and said, light, I'm going to pull you out of myself and bring you into existence. Uh, vegetation, I'm going to pull you out of myself and, and release you into existence. And the way God pulls out of himself and brings it into existence is through his word, it's through his mouth. So whenever God opens his mouth, he's trying to get something out of himself into the earth realm. That's why God opens his mouth. So when God releases, when God prophesies over you, when God decrees over you, when God gives you a promise, he is pulling that thing out of himself into your world, and he's using the vehicle of his mouth. All right. So God gets here. He releases out of himself. He creates an entire universe, and then he pulls man out of himself. Because man is created in the image of God. How, how is that possible? Because God pulled man out of himself, just like God pulled woman out of the man. And, and you, it's important to remember that when God first pulled the man out of himself, he did not pull the male gender. He pulled, he pulled the human race. He pulled the human race out of himself. And then out of the human race, he pulled a male and a female. That's a whole nother teaching. So God does that, and God releases the earth on a uh, lease terms to a lo- lower king. God is king. God is Lord. But then when he creates the earth and he creates the human race, he then leases the earth to a lower king called Adam. He gives it to Adam. Now at this point, Eve is in Adam. You, you got to go back to that. If you go back to Genesis, you're going to notice that when God gives them a mandate and when God blesses them and when God anoints them and when God commissions them, he's not talking to the male or the female. He's talking to the Adam and the Adam is the human race. And so God releases that blessing to the Adam as a lower king in the earth. And then what Grieve, God, is that the lower king operated outside of his boundaries? He broke the law of God. He moved outside of the limitations God had set for him, and as a result of that, because God leased the earth to the lower king, and the lower king sold a a a portion of that lease. Because you got to pay attention, we have teachers that say that Adam turned the entire earth over to Satan. That that is not true. Not true because God only leased. A portion of the earth and Adam did not fully develop the earth, he was still in the garden. I believe God's original intention was for Adam to develop as a son so that he could develop as a king and so that he could develop the entire earth. All right, again, that's a whole nother teaching. But so Adam breaks that lease, and then Satan gains access into the earth realm. He and so now we have three different kings operating on the earth. We have God who is ruler and king. We have Adam or the human race operating as a king. And then now, Adam has subleased the earth as well to another lower king called Satan. So now Satan is influencing the earth. The human race is influencing the earth. God is influencing the earth. But God's not sharing authority. He's, He's sharing property. Pay attention to that. God is not sharing authority. He's sharing property. And so what happens is... God get then releases a promise He releases a decree that I am going to get my property back because I'm God, because I'm sovereign. I I am the King of Kings and I am the Lord of Lords. I'm going to initiate something in the Book of Genesis where I am going to go on a rampage and I'm going to go on a strategic journey of how to get my property back so that everything comes back into divine order. God is trying to restore everything into divine order. So you travel through Genesis and you. You go through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and you go through Exodus and Deuteronomy and Joshua and the nation of Israel and the prophets. If you pay attention, they're all prophesying and they're all decreeing divine order coming back into the earth. He's saying, hey, repent. Turn back to me. Bring your hearts into alignment with me. Why? Because I'm trying to restore order on my property. That's what God is doing. I'm trying to restore order on my property. And so you get that message throughout the rest of the Bible until Jesus shows up on the scene and the Bible says that he is the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the earth the sin of the world. He's come as our savior, as our redeemer. And the nation of Israel knew that the Messiah would also be a king. And so he's coming to restore order on the earth. And so the mystery of God, it was God said, I'm initiating a plan to restore divine order in the earth realm. All right. How can I prove that? Notice in in Revelation 10, it says that it's the seventh angel blows the trumpet and the mystery of God is revealed. Go over to the book of Revelation, chapter 11, and then go to verse 14. Now, pay attention to this. It says, the second woe has passed. The third woe is coming very soon. Verse 15 here. Then the seventh angel, remember, the seventh angel blew his trumpet, blowing that trumpet again. And what happens? And there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. My friend, what is the mystery of God? The mystery of God is that God has had a plan and works throughout ages and ages and ages and ages to make the kingdom of this world the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah. And he will reign forever and ever. The mystery of God is not necessarily about salvation. It's not necessarily about what Jesus did, even though it includes all of that. The mystery of God is that God has come on the scene, not just to wash away our sins to make us feel better, but he has come to restore divine order on the planet. God has come to tell Satan, your lease is up. I know you had a sublease with the Adam, with the human race, but that is up. Adam, I know that I leased it to you, but that is up. Now I'm giving the lease to my son, Jesus Christ. And um, the only people that now have access and authority on the earth realm are those that are in Christ. Because I'm taking the lease out of the hands of Adam. And I'm taking the lease out of the hands of Satan. And I'm putting it in my back, in my hands, and in the hands of my Messiah. So that's why Paul said, it doesn't matter. You need to let go of your in Adam identity. And you need to become resolved in your identity in Christ Jesus. Because it is in Christ that you have authority. It is in Christ that you have dominion. It is in Christ that you are a king. It is in Christ that you will rule and you will reign. It is in Christ that the mystery of God will be fulfilled. Well, guys, I am again out of time this week. I hope that bless you. I hope that enlightened you to see that God is there is a mysteriousness about God and the thing that God has been doing and the enemy missed it until God was was ruling and reigning on the earth again, apart from Adam's lease, apart from the sublease Satan had was that God said, I will be king, and I will own everything on the earth. I will own everything in the heavens. I will own everything in the sea, and I will execute my authority now, not through Adam, but I'm going to execute it through Christ and those who are in him. So rejoice. Be encouraged. As long as you're in Christ, you have authority to change a thing. You have dominion to change a thing. You have the ability and the power to conquer and overcome. It is a part of the apostles doctrine, the mystery of God to rule the earth, to rule the heavens and to rule the sea. Thank you guys for joining me. Don't forget to leave your reviews and share this and post your comments on social media platforms for the Scriptures Revealed podcast. Please share. Please get the Word out there so that all of our lives can be changed and rooted and grounded in the Word. And you want to follow my social media pages because I have a special announcement coming out this week and you do not want to miss it. Thank you guys for joining me. I'll see you same place, same time next week. God bless (laughs) you <laughs>